Hi. Hi. Welcome. Oh my gosh. Hi. How's it going? I'm good. Everything's good. We haven't, I mean, because we've had a little bit of a break. Yeah, we've been doing, well, we've been batching a lot of episodes, so we're kind of catching up yeah, in our be- lives. Exactly. Slowly yeah. here. Because, you know, Tom was here, and you know, I had things to do. You've been away, which we're going to get to. Yeah. Um. So, so we actually haven't been back in the studio for a little while now, so it feels good to no, be back. No, it feels right. This is where we should always be. Yeah. The the desk in front of us is filled with food and drinks. But per usual. As per usual. And an undrank Aperol spritz. I'm, is that for I, you? Yeah. yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no. I'm sipping it really slowly. Okay. Mm. That makes sense. How have you been? What's been going on? I had COVID. <laughs> it fucking oh. sucked ass. It's the third time I've had it now. Um, I didn't have it very long. It was only like a week period, but it was really intense when okay. I had it. Um and uh but it was kind of grounding just to like be at home take care of myself not do anything and that of course has its benefits even if i felt like shit yeah um but i feel like pretty recovered now and then uh and then afterwards i went to get my monkeypox vaccine which feels really good that i got it sweden's quite behind yeah um, with these with these things oh the monkeypox thing it yeah just it's just so hard to follow i mean it's the I saw, media how they twist this whole monkeypox thing i saw how you i saw you reposted that that article by wired who are like monkeypox is starting to go down and no one no one knows, knows what's what. happening like, why don't you like instead focus on the fact that queer people have had to basically unionize and do it ourselves and do it ourselves because yeah. we have no support yeah from the government exactly and it's basically the narrative is that the gays are disgusting i mean they don't say it like that but that's the inference basically isn't it that oh maybe they could just not have dirty sex and then they wouldn't have monkey pops it's like okay lol it's the same thing that was happening during the aids crisis exactly and i mean and of course the other injustice is that monkey pox of course has existed for a very very long time um on the continent of africa and no one gave a shit until white people started getting it. And now it's like a news story. So, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but yes, I digress. Um, but otherwise, I'm I'm doing well. I'm just sort of like getting back into the groove of things after being sick and just like getting on with shit. And um, yeah, just paying attention to all the things I need to pay attention to, all my little jobs and things. How are you? Oh, my God. Well, a few weeks ago, I went to India for work. And oh my god! Before you went away, you and I were talking a lot about like this is going to be fucking ridiculous. Like you, Spencey, in India, like going down with the little cobblestones on your high heels. Well, I mean, it's ironic because I actually uh, th- what I do for work, I focus on these markets, mm-hmm. and most of them are in the east. So. Mm-hmm. I actually will be traveling quite a bit because I focus on India. I focus on uh, a couple of countries in the Middle East and in Southeast Asia. And so I will be going to these countries a lot. But Mm. this is my first time in India, and Mm. it was eye-opening. I mean, of course, it's everything that you think it is in a lot of ways in terms of like people are just fighting for life there's what it feels like i mean just the being in a car is like a fucking roller coaster there's there is no <laughs> understanding of of roads and there's no know, files lanes. Yeah, there's, there's no, no lanes, filing right? everything is it, it kind of is a, it feels like i'm trekking through tar mm. is really just <laughs> just each day feels like a fight and in one, and in some cases, that's really beautiful. I really love that. In some mm. cases, um, I actually had the opportunity 
to meet up with some of our listeners in India. You, one of the first texts you sent me was a screenshot oh. of people on Grindr who'd messaged oh you and like, oh my God, Spency, is that you? I can't believe I you're here. could not believe it. You're I not. couldn't believe it, honestly. I mean, India and Mumbai is a huge place. A huge place. And to think that we have people who are listening so far away for a culture that is so different than their own, I think it's fascinating. And I was so humbled. So I did get dinner with one listener, Vishwajit, Vishwajit. And, you know, we talked about the queer experience living in India. And I think that that is why we do this podcast. Mm. That is why we do this podcast. I had one listener send me a scarf. Another one send me some Indian candies. Like... I felt my, my colleagues were were just cracking up. They were like, "You're so famous worldwide." I mean, everyone knows that I have a podcast at work, but they don't. Mm. Re- they kind of think of it as this little fun side project. They don't know. They had not known up to this point that I had people listening all over the world. Mm. And to me, that was the most rewarding experience of this mm. trip. I mean, of course, I was there for work, but having that opportunity to connect with our listeners in India—oh my god, jaw-dropping moment. I mean, dropping moment. I couldn't. I literally couldn't believe it. But yeah. also, but and also, they were so excited to talk to you. They everyone thought that you were here too. Everyone just assumes that we travel together, <laughs> that we're and that we person. live together, and yeah. that we do everything together, mm. which is hysterical. In the future, yes. In the future, it might be true, but <laughs> yeah. um, right now, temp- temporarily, no. When we're doing our pod tour, we are going to be joined at the HEP. Oh my god, I can't wait to do a tour through all over the world. I think mm. it'd be so fun if we did that. Us, us in India. Yeah. <gasps> So I, I had a blast, and that's the update from me. India was amazing. Uh, Barcelona after that. I mean, it's just been like kind of travel, travel, travel. Can you give me like a one one thing in India that like blew you away? A culturally kind of thing that you experienced there? I think the symbiosis of everyone blows me away. I mean, to be so chaotic on the roads, mm. to be so chaotic everywhere, and everyone, it just fits. Mm. Every person everything just fits together it's chaos mm. but it's crazy how you don't see the accidents or you don't you would think that it, it being so chaotic that it'd be a mess you would it would be a mess it would mm. be a nightmare but it's really not there's like organized chaos it, it is absolutely organized chaos and so i think there's just a beauty in de-westernizing my brain mm. uh, d- during that week and just understanding how other cultures go about their lives. For me, that was fascinating. Mm. I think it's really interesting when you think about the things that we learn like in school and whatnot about other countries. It's very much from a colonialist mindset. And then you go there and you're like, what? Fuck? 100%. Just, 100%. So... I would say that um, there's a lot of things that you would expect that are true, but also so many new things that Mm. blew my mind in such an amazing way. And so that was uh, my India trip. On the subject of India, we received, while you were there... A voice message. I heard, and I haven't heard it yet, so I'm very excited to yes. listen. So I'm going to play it now. So yeah, enjoy. Hello, Joshua. Hey, Spencer. I'm calling from India. A long-time listener, first-time caller. And thanks a lot, Spencer, for encouraging me to record this voice note. But 
I am an avid listener of your podcast and I absolutely adore you guys. I think the work that you're doing is um commendable and uh it's just so much fucking fun. So thanks a lot for putting this together. Um and to my question, um actually my question is uh, a bit more of an observation and uh maybe something where I I seek a bit of advice. um so uh, as i mentioned i come from india and um as you may already know and for listeners who don't uh india isn't exactly the friendliest country when it comes to queerness um we i think owe a lot of this to colonialism and uh you know the 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 laws that were enforced by the british and a lot of the hangover of that is still something that uh, we us as a society uh, are dealing with and it's not just to do with homosexuality or uh, uh, queerness it's to do with a lot of other things as well um and uh, a few years ago a certain law decriminalized homosexuality finally in india after decades and decades of uh, people lobbying and wanting to reverse that maybe um um but um that alone hasn't exactly uh had the sort of effect it's quite symbolic and i think it's really helpful but i also think that there's a lot more that we need to do as a society to um uplift and to sort of get queer people to be at par and to have equal rights and have the sort of dignity and respect that we uh deserve and as somebody who's in his mid 30s currently i've always imagined uh moving to a better place a more progressive country and uh, this is something that i've uh, battled with uh for a greater chunk of the last decade maybe um i don't feel a sense of home in the country that i live in um and and the country that i belong to technically um you know and a lot of people tell me that uh i mean i hear all sorts of points of view on this and ranging from uh what my relationship with my country is what does patriotism uh mean to me and so on and so forth but i want you to uh, maybe just shed some light on this queer experience and this idea that home is um something that is a lot of times detached from the place that you natively come from um and uh, i i relate a lot to the both of you in some way because both of you come from different places not necessarily regressive when it comes to uh, queerness but at the same time you found home in a completely different place and um i would like you to maybe just speak a little bit about how uh there is a queer tendency to maybe find home uh and you know how we we talk about um uh, chosen family is there a concept of a chosen home as well and um yeah it would be it would be great and um yeah it would really help me uh, also get a different point of view and some perspective on this um sorry for the super long question but uh signing off i absolutely love you guys and uh keep it coming uh thanks a lot bye That honestly warms my heart and I think it's the reason why we did this podcast originally. Mm. I think that that is so emblematic of how we're feeling and I think in, in talking to people in India specifically but I've come to know that the queer experience is not so different mm. across the world.
it's really not that much different. Let me tell you, it is not that much different in India as it is in Sweden, even as it is in the UK, as it is in the US. It's really not radically different. But I think there's a reason as to why it's not different is because, as he mentioned, that India is kind of dealing with the headache of the effects of colonialism. Because before colonialism came around in India, queerness, which it wasn't called that, it was called, you know, sort of like third gender, the Hadra people, for example. But even before that, Indian sort of ancient scripts and whatnot, the concept of there's even like there's a they have like these beautiful stories of a king who was born of two mothers or um i had this written down because i did a little bit of research there is um there are these two characters who are believed to sort of control the waxing of waning of the moon and they're two men who are both parts of the moon that come inside each other to prepare for the next phase of the moon a double pen yeah, they're like one comes inside one of them. I know it sounds like a total lie. I have it written down here. It's called um, a double the, moon pen. Yeah, they're called Mitra Varun, okay. and so like Mitra will come in Varun to like prepare for the waning, and Varun will come in Mitra to to prepare for the waxing. But isn't that so emblematic of so many different kinds <laughs> kinds of cultures too? I mean, yeah. in Greek culture, yeah, precisely. that was a huge, <laughs> queerness was not seen as a thing, or in fact, even a strength. Mm, exactly or you know a it's crazy how queerness has sort of shifted a lot due to christianity and a lot done done because of the english and it was the basically westernization yeah it's like biblical anti-sodomy laws that were brought by missionaries to places like america to the native uh, americans to india to the polynesians to hawaiians all of these places had a third gender you native know, americans, americans two spirit they have for example they actually i believe it's i was reading it's like five genders a recognized genders they have in i mean of course native americans aren't like a one thing there's like many different tribes and whatnot as you probably yeah. know so, so they probably have different concepts beyond them but you know they had their own structuring for how they see gender and the British came and were like, excuse me. They had, you know, this kind of idea of Christianity. Excuse me, you like, must certainly not, not be a Christian. You cannot do that. I'm sorry, but Jesus. Yeah, and the same with the Hawaiians and the Polynesians. They have the Mahu, which I believe actually now is considered to be a derogatory term. But the Mahu, it's the same thing. They also were this kind of third gender. And often these people were really revered people in, the, in their oh, communities. Oh, yeah, of course. They were teachers, you know, artists and... It's the same, you know, it's, I know that in India, it's, um, they only decriminalized homosexuality, um, like homosexual acts in 2018. Like, it's not that long ago. I mean, gay marriage in the US has only been since 2015. Precisely. And in India, it was conservative Indians said like, oh, we're adopting Western values, blah, blah, blah. But actually, India was just going back to its roots. They were going back to where they were before colonization came. Yeah. And took away from them what they already had. Yeah, I mean, I will say on the note of colonialization, uh, being in India, you certainly see how that culture just simply does not fit Mm. in India. Right now, there's been this sort of like scarred band-aid moment where you're Mm. like, okay, well, this is kind of our past, but how does this fit into our society Mm. and culture? And there's a reckoning with that. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate, and I completely identify that. 
However, up- upon talking to people, mm. it really honestly, when I was talking to uh, one of our listeners over dinner, this idea of wanting what's best for your child, but not acknowledging the core part of their being mm. or one of the core parts of their being. Mm. Oh my God, it hit me so hard. And mm. I think that the beautiful part of queerness is that we do have this universal thread and a lot of times it's stemmed in pain. However, it's amazing to hear that someone halfway across the world could share the same experience that I had. Mm. I will say this topic of home is really interesting to me. It's so fascinating, but it's something that you've mentioned a lot on this podcast. You you talk a lot about how the queer experience is often had in solitude and yeah, that's common no matter your culture, where what what country you're from, your culture. Often yeah. you're coming from a place where you not you're not the norm. Even if you are in a privileged position where your parents are okay with your queerness, you still are the outsider. But I will say also that I completely resonate with this idea of your home being this space that exists outside of where you were born. Mm. And I have never felt home more being in Sweden. Now, my family is thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away. However, I feel like my home is Sweden. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with the community that I've created for myself, the people that I interact with. Um, obviously you are a huge part of my home and I associate you with my home. I really do. Thank you. And I think that my, my home is not the U S it's not Texas. I feel more at home here in a culture that I didn't even grow up in, Mm. um, than I do in Austin Mm. or I do in Dallas. Mm. And it's so crazy to me how home can feel different given that shift i mean like i was really in a rut before and i did not have the queer family i did not or i did i had sort of an americanized queer family but my family here feels more my family than ever and i think that's how what signifies home so i think that a lot of people really identify with that i think a lot of queer people in sweden are from other places Mm. And whether or not you're here forever or, you know, a very short amount of time, I think it's really interesting to think about home being this place that exists outside of just like an upbringing or a physical space that maybe you had grown up in earlier in your life. Mm. What about you? Did that resonate no, with you? It's exactly the same for me. I mean, for me, sometimes my my personality feels like a little bit split in that my queer home feels like it's here because that's where I have most of my queer connections is here. But at the same time, there is also part of my personality that I know isn't isn't fed here. And when I go back to the UK, I mean, I've got a lot of shit to say about that place and I really don't like being there and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, things I've said before. But at the same time, you know, when I go, and I, maybe you feel the same when you go back to the US, there's part of my personality that's kind of ignited <laughs> when I'm there and I bring it here anyway, but I know it's not, I know it's more novel here, the way I speak to people. I mean, the way that you and I interact with the world here is quite novel, I think, in Sweden. Yeah. There are a lot of people, I think, who are like us and I don't say it to be like, we're so unique and special, but I mean, as just a fact. Totally. <laughs> people here are quite black and white. They're quite, they don't sort of speak up the way that we do or make silly jokes the way we do to like absolute strangers. <laughs> and when I go back to the UK... I'm no, it's no longer novel, just everybody is like that. And there is a kind of home feeling to that. But I will never feel 
comfort there. I feel comfort here. Ah. Like the UK is fun for a holiday and like a little bit of an injection of like, oh, I just, you know, like pe- strangers are funny. That I think that's what it is. I mentioned it before. Strangers in the UK are funny. They make yeah. me laugh. Strangers here don't make me laugh necessarily. Like when you, no, go, in, when no. you go into a supermarket or something, but it's not everything. And finding my queer family has been the most important thing I think I've done with my life basically is to make me feel like that I, I'm part of something that's bigger than me. Yeah, and a lot of times that is creating it for yourself. Yeah. And creating it for others. I think this podcast has created such a safe space for so many people. How many times do we get messages being like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I can hear this podcast in Umeå or wherever in, in remote Sweden, but also kind of all over the world in India. And I think that that sense of home for me, this is some sense of home for me Mm. and this this family that i have that keeps growing and growing and growing um i I love it i just absolutely love it and i think for me um the space is so important for me and i Mm. (laughs) it's so funny that i have found a home here Mm. um and i think that that was because like i said i was in a rut and i needed some change and then i was open to recreating myself recreating what that home looked like for me and i'm so glad i did and i challenge anybody to stay vulnerable i think that there's the vulnerability is really how you create that home Mm. and and being open to others and having other being influenced by other people and in a really positive way and Mm. and learning to have intimacy with other people Mm. i think especially in queer spaces we think of intimacy as mostly sexual but I think that our community is craving intimacy and it doesn't always have to be sexual. And no, and sometimes you don't even have to be in the same room for it to be that way. I mean, we are a satellite community, like the way that we are able to reach you over there in India and have an effect on your life. You are part of our home. And I can understand from, I mean, not entirely. We've been definitely more privileged in the sense that, you know, we've had we've had this opportunity to leave leave our homes and create our own families and perhaps for you you're not just you're not there just yet and we can really sympathize with that um but being able to sort of find your home until then you know be able to connect with other queer people and express your queerness is really 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 important yeah. and it will make you feel more excited about your life i think if you're able to express yourself yeah and it doesn't have to be a grand gesture you don't have to move to a new place to be open to finding home i think Mm. that that's a really important note too Mm. thanks for calling wow that was such an amazing thought-provoking question So we do get a lot of messages, but this one stuck out to me Mm. and I think it's really, really sweet. And again, oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional on this episode of Dear Watmo. Um, And this is one of the reasons why I haven't been able to keep up with the pod, sadly, but (laughs) lol, first of all. I wanted to give you guys a big thank you for making Stockholm's queer community feel more visible. I just broke up with my boyfriend and I'm finally out as a gay slash queer person. Wow. Thank you so much. That's amazing. After like four and a half years of self-repression and this pod inspired me to build up the courage to go through with it. So thank you again. Looking forward to catching up with the newer episodes. I mean, we we can't, I mean, we can't take, we, we, 
that like that i mean that's that's like too much to to yeah. understand we can't take we can't take all the credit and you know the community that has sort of that has sprung up around this podcast you did that we didn't do that yeah you're doing that you we are the one mob. you're the one taking the steps you're the one who's changing your life and like for us to even be a small part of that is a really big honor but you we can't take credit you Look, did the work and that's amazing yeah listen i mean <laughs> This whole podcast was was sort of the genesis of it came from our own sort of rut that we felt like we were in, mm. in the queer community, in the communities that we were in, we were just kind of feeling stagnant. And so really honestly, thank you for being so amazing and so receptive to sending us voice messages, sending us texts and DMs and emails um, we learned so much from you as well. And you know what? Congratulations for finally feeling comfortable enough to be in your own skin, to be who you are out in this world. And that's not an easy feat. That is not an easy feat because, um, you know, we've all been through that. I know that period that was really hard and, and thinking about, you know, the people that we may lose as a result mm. of this decision and, that's really not a decision at the end of the day. It's it's just learning to be yourself. Mm. Um, so first of all, congratulations, congratulations, on that. and welcome to the community. Welcome to you the community. You get your free pair of lesbian peasant <laughs> shoes with a big buckle <laughs> <Yes>. on them. <laughs> so yeah, it's just I, I I almost don't know what to say. It's so humbling being a part of this community and creating the Awat Mob and. And you guys really just are so special to us. So the feeling is mutual. And I hope that all of you know that because this has been such an amazing project and we're continuing to grow with each episode. And it's just an exciting time to be alive and to be in Stockholm and to be paving the way in a lot of ways for mm. new voices to to feel comfortable coming out. And and so, you know, this is so important to us. And we've gotten a few of these messages now. And I, and I just hope you know that we are going to be celebrating you guys, no matter what stage of your queerness you're in. Uh, it's just so special to us. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please go follow us. You can find us on Instagram at awatmapod, uh, A-W-A-T-M-O-P-O-D. In the bio, you'll find uh, a link tree link. Click there and there's lots of things there you can look at, including uh, a place where you can donate if you have the extra coin. Um, Thank you, Downtown Camper, and we will see you next week for a full-on episode. Yes, we will. Bye! Bye.